We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight And we've all run to things we know just ain't right And there's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker what I'm talking about. It's going to be good anyway. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God. Thank God for your life. Thank God for this church. Go to the book of Acts chapter 8, verse 1 through 8. And while you're turning to it, I want to tell you about my dog, Pup. You know you're not very creative when you get a dog and you name him Pup. <laughs> he was just a puppy and mama said what are you gonna name him I said well let's call him pup so he, he grew to be about that high but we still called him pup and he, he was uh, he was nice to us but he would terrorize the community so we had to keep him chained in a little, I lived in a little raggedy house on the side of the hill on the backside of a mountain in Charleston, West Virginia. And half of the house was on the mountain and the other half was supported by a four by four post. And we had him tied to the post on the chain. And we, and we, we didn't know that he could break the chain until one day this young man came down there on a bicycle and he was moving real fast you know on the bicycle and he's now in my he's been in my church gosh 40 years now but at that time i was just a little boy and we didn't know that pup could break the chain but pup showed us that when what he wanted in front of him was bigger than what was behind him he broke the chain that held him and went to the next level and I, I'm believing God for everybody in here to do some chain breaking in your life. Amen. Any chain breakers in the room? Tell somebody, tell them I'm a chain breaker. I want you to go to book of Acts uh, 8 verse 1. And if you want to make me feel real at home, stand for the reading of the word. Uh, just because we stood for everybody else, we might as well stand for God. Beginning at verse 1, I'm going to read eight simple verses. I will extrapolate from uh, the text. Uh, I, think I'm going to, I think I'm going to just use Pup as an example and, 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 and just call it chain breaker. Mm -hmm. And look at somebody say, I'm a chain breaker. And Saul was consenting unto his death, and at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. 
And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And doubt, devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentations over him. This is the embryonic stages of the development of the church. The church hadn't, hadn't even really come into the realization of who it really was. It had power, it had purpose, but it didn't even understand itself fully. It didn't have structure or order. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church. Saul, who would later become converted and be one of the greatest participants of the church, had not come into the awareness of who he was. So the church who didn't know who he was was being persecuted by a man who didn't know who he was. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committing them to prison, hauling men and women and committing them unto prison. Therefore, they were scattered abroad. They were, therefore, 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 because of the persecution, therefore, because of the persecution, they were scattered abroad and went everywhere preaching the gospel. Then Philip, then Philip, then Philip went, then Philip went down to Samaria, to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. They, they heard what he said, they watched what he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them and many were taken, uh, many taken with palsy and that were lame were healed and there was great what joy in that city chain breakers let's pray father in the name of jesus i pray that your presence and power would prevail in this place today that your glory would emanate through the word of god that it would touch lives that it wouldn't just touch us, but it would touch all that concerns us, all that is around us, all that we envelop. I pray, God, that this would be that kind of yoke-breaking, thirst-quenching, mind-renewing, chain-breaking word that releases the captives and sets them free, that heals the lame, that binds up the brokenhearted. I pray a special prayer for people who, whose heart has been broken today and they bear a pain that no medicine can heal. But today, in the name of Jesus, I pray that healing would break out in the hearts of not only this campus, but every campus that is watching. I speak healing and deliverance. Have your way in this place. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And I need everybody with the sound of thunder to shout, Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. Next time you introduce me, bring it down like a, quite a bit. You know, bring the expectation level down. Turn it down a little bit. I'd rather you <laughs> about there. And that way, if I hit there, I'm up. But if you put it up there, I, I have to leap up like Magic Johnson to get there. So pray for me. <laughs> Somebody shout amen. amen. We are in the book of Acts. It has wrongly been called the Acts of the Apostles, when in fact with careful study you will understand it is not so much the Acts of the Apostles, it is in fact the Acts of God. It is the acts of God through the apostles in the early formation of the church. This book is written by Luke. It is a continuation of the gospel of Luke and initially was not divided. Later it was divided from the book, but it continues the thoughts of Luke when he says, the former treaties have I made in Acts 1.1. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. The indication is that Jesus Jesus began it, but he is not finished. Of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach into Samaria, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth, it is just that the Jesus that is doing it now is not doing it through the body he initially did it through, but rather than to do it through his physical body, he is now doing it through his mystical body, but it is still him. 
there are very few occasions that we see the physical body and the mystical body in the same place like we do at the Passover. Allow me to share what I mean. At the Passover service, you see all aspects of the body of Christ. You see the physical body of Christ. And through the bread and the wine, you see the memorial body of Christ. Serving the physical body of Christ is serving the memorial body of Christ to the mystical body of Christ who is the church and they're all at the table together so the body of Christ says to the body of Christ say take eat this is my body and we see all three manifestations of one body in one place had the enemy understood what I just said, he would have never crucified the Lord. Because when he crucified the Lord, he crucified the Lord to get the body of Christ out of the earth. But all the body of Christ did was move from the physical body of Christ into the mystical body of Christ so that the work of God could continue. And that's who you are. Your name is not James or Robert or Richard or Angela or Shaniqua. No, no. Your name, yeah, I gotta cover everybody. <laughs> this is an equal opportunity to church. <laughs> Say amen, somebody. That is not really your name. Your name is really Christ Jesus. Yes, because when the Father looks at you, he does not see you as an individual. He sees you as Jesus Christ because Christ has covered you in such a way that the truth of the matter is when Christ was on the cross, God didn't see his son. He saw your sin. And so when he reacted to what he saw and Christ was smitten of God, confused saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabbathani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The reason that he felt forsaken is that he was covered up with you so that you could be covered up with him. So that the life that you now live in the flesh, you live by the faith of the son of God who loved himself and gave himself a ransom for you. I'll prove it to you. So Jesus tells you, when you go to the Father, don't use your name because he can't see you. But whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, that will I do. So when you come to the Father in the name of Jesus, it's only because you look like Jesus. For his blood is the propitiation of your sin and has so covered you. That's why you can come boldly to the throne of grace. You don't have to walk up with your head down ashamed of your sins because your sins were judged on the cross you can come like the beloved son because you are covered with the beloved son and you gotta remember to use his name Tell somebody say say jesus say jesus say jesus say jesus say jesus when you come say jesus because you're wearing jesus and you're walking in jesus and you're moving in jesus and you're living in jesus in him i live in him i move in him i have my being And the church is really trying to get its hands around this whole notion of who they are and understanding themselves because the Holy Spirit has fallen on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 and they have received this power, this power from God which is so amazing and so incomprehensible that they will spend the rest of their lives understanding how to operate in this new dimension of the Spirit. They do not have deaconship. They do not have elders or pastors or apostles that will come with Paul. They just had power. But power without structure is a dangerous thing. Oh, do you hear what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit has fallen with such power in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2 that whenever there were problems to arise, they would all gather in Jerusalem because they were afraid to get out of Jerusalem because they didn't feel ready yet. Have you ever not felt ready yet? And you knew God was going to do some amazing things in your life, but you didn't have all your details together and you didn't have everything worked out yet and you felt like destiny was moving faster than revelation was in your life and you were walking by faith and not by sight that was the feeling of the early church so whenever we don't know what to do we hang around what we know And whenever we hang around what we know too long, God has to send something to get us to move. 
because being a Christian, which they weren't even named yet in, at this point, being a Christian is not a monument, it is a movement. It is a movement. It is a movement, not a monument. It's not a building, it's not a denomination, it's not a doctrine, it's a movement. The problem is fear will make a movement turn into a monument. And most of our denominational entanglements just tell us where they stopped moving. And we memorialize where God has been rather than to thirst to be where God is. Oh, follow me because I'm going somewhere today. I'm getting ready to tell you that God has a way of shifting things getting us out of our comfort zone pushing us away from the familiar he forces us to scatter and that's exactly what this text is all about because in Acts chapter 8 the church that is trying to memorialize where God was is being pushed out of their comfort zone by the attack of Saul out of the persecution of Saul comes direction, direction, persecution. Persecution is direction. Sometimes you shout about the doors God opens, but you ought to be shouting about the doors God closes. He will push you. And what has happened up into the first eight, ten years of the early church, they kept coming back to the council at Jerusalem. Because after all, Jerusalem is the epicenter of, every, of almost every major religion in the world today, claims its origin and root to go back to the city of Jerusalem. That is why the Middle East has so much conflict, because they're fighting over territory. Because Jerusalem becomes Jerusalem, the holy city, the city of peace the offspring and the progenitor of which three major religions claim heritage. Yet you must realize that Jesus throws us a hint when he was crucified, according to the book of Hebrews, outside of the city. <laughs> Jesus, by his crucifixion, is already preaching to us that he's trying to escape religious order. <laughs> that he's breaking up orthodoxy that he refuses to be left into the expected but he's going to move in the unexpected and so when the book of Hebrews said that he died without the city it means that he escaped the religious order to expose who he really was so that he wouldn't be stuck in the prison of religious ideology now you must understand that Christianity was not popular then. It didn't even have a name yet. It wasn't until they got to Antioch that they started to be called Christians. The early church was called the way. And then later they were called the believers. And eventually at Antioch they were called the church. And so the, this nameless group of Jesus freaks were coming to Jerusalem because that's where they had last spotted his glory. Whenever there was a dispute, they came back to Jerusalem. Whenever there was confusion, they came back to Jerusalem. And they kept huddling in Jerusalem. So God sent persecution to shift them. I want to talk to everybody who's been persecuted. And you've been thinking it was the devil. If it was the devil, God used him. Because God will often use the devil to shift you from one dimension to the next dimension. That's why we glory in tribulation. Anybody can glory when things are going well, but real believers glory in tribulation. Oh, I appreciate all of you that are praising God because everything's going right, but the real praise goes to the people where all hell is breaking loose and you're still praising God anyway because God is shifting you through persecution. And the Bible says that God sent persecution to Jerusalem to scatter the church out of its comfort zone to make them move to the next dimension to get them out of Monk's Corner or Creek. 
or whatever. You, 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 you see, God has a way of ordering your steps in such a way that sometimes you have to pack your bags and flee your comfort zone to find your destiny. And that's what we're reading in the book of Acts. And the Bible carefully, cautiously, almost as a footnote, inserts that Philip went down to Samaria. Now let's talk about Samaria. It is not happenstance that Philip would scatter to Samaria. God has unfinished business in Samaria. The Gospel of St. John declares that Jesus sat by the well, a well sitting on a well. I waited for that to sink in. Uh, yes, Jesus is Jacob's well, Israel's well, and he's sitting on Jacob's well, and he's waiting for this one loose woman. This woman, I called her a loose woman. I called her loose, forgive me. Maybe you don't like that. But she had had five husbands in, in a society that, that forbid that kind of carrying on. She had five husbands and a situation. You know, some of us get into these situations. It's not where. Who is it? Well, he's not exactly. Uh, uh, we're friends. So, so she had five husbands and a friend. She came down to the well, having been married five times and was living with a man on the sixth time and came down to the well and met the seventh man. And when she met the seventh man, the search was over because he quenched the thirsting of her soul and set her free and liberated her and gave her the victory. And you will remember that it was not her thirst that initiated the conversation. But if you will study it back in the Gospel of St. John, you will find out that what provoked the initial conversation was not her thirst because she expected her thirst to be quenched by the well that he was sitting on. But what started the conversation is his thirst. He says, woman, I thirst. She did not know. She thought she was a tramp, but the tramp was a thirst quencher. Misapplied and misallocated, I will admit, but the reason that she was always able to get somebody is that there was something in this woman that was designed to be a thirst quencher. She just had not found the right thirst to quench. You missed that. Yeah. Sometimes it has to be the right man to bring out in you what's really down inside of you. And none of those other men could really bring it out in the first place. But when she got to the seventh man, the seventh man showed her why she was the way she was. She was a thirst quencher. You see, she thirsted for water. He thirsted for her because she was going to be the vessel that set it off. You will remember that we don't know her name. We don't know whether she's Helen or Jane. We just know that she is a woman from S Samaria. <laughs> and God needed something to be planted in Samaria so that there would be something to harvest in Samaria. No seed, no harvest. So the woman at the well was the seed and Philip goes down to collect the harvests. Are you with me so far? The woman at the well was the seed. Now Philip goes down to Samaria to collect the harvests. I want you to get that in your spirit. One, I want you to get that some of the things that are wrong in you are only wrong because you haven't met the right man. That there is a reason that you are the way you are. And when you get the right of the puzzle in the right place everything will make sense if you work crossword puzzles you'll understand that you can't cram the right piece into the wrong place and some of you have been crammed into all kinds of places that you didn't really fit but when you find Jesus you will find out why you are shaped the way you shape and you fall into place anyway so says the story 
that the woman who was at the well, she dropped her water pots. Look at her shifting occupations. She dropped her water pots and went running into the city to tell all the men. Yeah, baby. Tell all the men, since she knew all the men. <laughs> she had influence with the men. She had access to the men. So the woman told all the men, the men to come see a man. She said, let me show you what a real man is. <laughs> so after church, I want you to call all your exes and say, don't do that, don't do that. I'm just teasing, I'm just teasing, I'm just teasing. I don't want to have to get you out of jail. Just be cool. This is just an illustration, okay? She says, come see a real man who told me all things I had ever done. And the men came out to see. Imagine in a misogynic society, means they don't respect women, that God would use that which they do not respect to bring him respect. And the women sowed the seed. 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 I want to start a revolution with every woman in this room. Come out of the shadows. Come out of the corner. Come out of the background. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. In spite of all of your mistakes, God is going to use you to set it off. I need some sisters that can set it off in this place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, now everybody in here that's a woman is a woman, but then amongst the women, there are real women. There, there, there are women. I'm not talking to all you women who never did anything and never smoked anything and never drank anything and never went anywhere and never been in a club and you've always been a Christian. That's wonderful. I'm not against you. I'm proud of you. I celebrate you. But there's a reason that some of these broken women were called into the kingdom because you're courageous, because you're bold, because you say what you think and let the chips fall where they may. I want to raise up some sassy sisters in this room that can make some noise. Let me hear the sassy sisters set it off. God is about to use what was working against you to work for you. <laughs> He's getting ready to take you to the next level. So this is a water pot dropping moment. Leaving the lesser for the greater. Leaving the former for the latter. She now runs into the city and says, come see a man. She planted a seed. No wonder Jesus waited for her. He said, I must need go to Samaria. I have to go to Samaria. And then didn't go to Samaria. He just met the woman from Samaria. <laughs> he met the woman from Samaria because all he had to go to Samaria for was to find a woman who was bold enough to set it off in that city. And she planted a seed. Fast forward. <laughs> we have not heard anything else out of Samaria since this one wild radical woman has started a little revival meeting that caused the men to see the prophets. Fast forward to Acts chapter 8 when per persecution arose in Jerusalem. All of a sudden it got so nasty. Saul was killing and imprisoning so many believers that Philip says, I'm going to guess what? Samaria. Because God had unfinished business in Samaria. Something had been planted in Samaria. Time had passed. And now Philip goes to Samaria.
The only problem with Samaria is that Simon the sorcerer had set up a camp in Samaria and began to afflict the city. See, anytime the enemy knows that God is going to do something great in your life, in your city, in your church, he will always send Simon the sorcerer to counteract what God is doing in your life. What I'm trying to get you to see is the reason you're under attack is because God has started something in your life and anytime the enemy sends wheat he will always plant tear y'all still with me you good you all right breathe in breathe out shout hallelujah because something is about to happen in Samaria. Samaria is up under attack by Simon the sorcerer. Now I'm getting ready to go in for the kill. Simon has taken over the region and convinced him that he is some wonder. Simon has taken over the region. Now let me show you something about satanic attack. The enemy likes to take over territories what the Bible calls principalities. They rule over regions, over cities, over areas. And the enemy has set himself up in Samaria trying to stop the power of God from prevailing in the city. And against all of these forces that have ensnared the city, God sends Philip. Glory to God. God sends Philip, watch this, I want to go deeper. The enemy is over a region. He sets up territories. That's why we call him principalities. He takes over regions. The spiritual warfare that exists over Charlotte is different from the spiritual warfare that exists over Tulsa. It's different from the spiritual warfare that exists over Chicago. That's why you can't use a Charlotte weapon against a Lego spirit. You have to understand the warfare that exists over your city. You remember when Jesus went to the man who was filled with demons in Gadarenes and when he finally cast out the demons, the demons said to Jesus, suffer us not to leave the region. We've done so much work in this territory. We don't mind if we have to change vessels, but don't let us leave the region." There's demonic warfare that takes over areas and certain areas are given over to certain types of perversities. <laughs>
Let your fire fall and cast out all my fear. Let your fire fall, your love is all I fear. Let your fire fall and cast out all my fear. Let your fire fall, your love is all I fear. Let your fire fall and cast out all my fear. Let your fire fall, your love is all I fear. I feel something. Touch your neighbor and say, break the chain. Yeah, that's why God saved you to break the chain. That's why pastor baptized you to break the chain, to bury who you used to be so you could rise up into who you're going to be. He baptized you to break the chain that was holding you down in your life. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to break this chain. My uncle committed suicide. My cousin committed suicide. My brother committed suicide. I feel the spirit of suicide, but I'm going to break the chain. Look at your neighbor and say, break the chain. You don't even know what kind of chain it is, but everybody in the room has got a chain that's got to break in order for them to be free. There's a chain that has to break in order for them to be delivered. Shout yes, somebody. I'll show you another chain. Abraham got to Gerar, and when he got there, he lied and told the king that his wife was his sister. Okay. At the time that Abraham told the lie about Sarah, Isaac wasn't even born yet. Fast forward. Here comes Isaac with his wife. Tells the same lie that his father told. A lie that he never even heard. But there was a chain between Abraham and Isaac. So that the chain was there. And the same lie was there. And the same struggle was there. But something is about to happen. Let me go deeper. It used to be when you went to the doctor, the doctor doctor only examine you now when you go to the doctor he wants to know did your grandmother have heart heart trouble did your grandfather have high blood pressure did your grandfather have diabetes did your father die diabetes why does it matter what my grandmother had she's dead I'll tell you what matters there's a chain link between you and your grandmother there's a chain link in the health of your body in the wealth of your mind in the way you handle emotions there's a chain between the two if grandma was prone to depression and mama was prone to depression and now you're sitting up here you couldn't feel it at 15 but now at 23 you're starting to feel depressed but I came to serve notice on the devil the devil is a liar you've reigned terror over the city long enough you've wreaked havoc long enough you've held us in bondage long enough there's gonna be a chain to break in this place today I don't know who I'm preaching to and I don't know who God sent me here for but something is about to break in your life I need about 60 seconds of crazy praise in this place yeah 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 praise him praise him praise him praise him praise him praise him in defiance 
Praise Him with attitude. Praise Him with conviction. Praise Him with tenacity. Praise Him like you mean business. Praise Him like your life depends on it. Praise Him like you're going to rebuke suicide. Praise Him like you're coming out of depression. Praise Him like you're coming out of promiscuity. Praise Him like you're coming out of pornography. Praise Him like you're coming out of adultery. Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. I will not leave my husband. I will not abuse my wife. I will not beat my child. I'm going to break the chain. Shout it! Thousand generations you are 
Some of you, you're in that family to turn that family upside down. And you don't have to argue and you don't have to fight and you don't have to be super deep or super spiritual. All you have to do is just let the glory of the love of God flow out of you in such a way you're not going to have to approach them. They're going to approach you to see what it is you got that gave you that kind of peace. And all I need to do is break the link that yet connects you to a family or a region that is dysfunctional, that's trying to hold your neck back from the next dimension. You are not fighting with your devil. He does not want to let you go. Because if you get loose, If, if I'm not talking about playing church and putting on games and playing, but if you actually get loose, everything connected to you is going to be loose by the power of God. Pop, pop that chain like it was a popsicle stick. And when it popped, he started running. The storm cannot stop you. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Squeeze that hand you're holding. The enemy doesn't want her to have peace. He doesn't want him to have peace because they are a chain breaker. Are you ready for it? Do you believe that God is bigger than anything that ever held you, that ever had you tied up? Do you believe that he's greater than anything you've been feeling in your body, in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit? Do you believe it? 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 Tell! Do you believe that no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper and every tongue that rises against you God will condemn? Do you believe that this is the day that the Lord hath made and you're going to get a release today that's going to be on you the rest of your life? It's going to get in the car with you. It's going to get in the house with you. It's going to work with you. When I get to three, I want you to shout like you lost your mind. Pray. 